Welcome to the Life Christian Church Podcast, where our mission is to inspire people to the life God dreams for them as we spread His love in ever-widening circles. Our special guest speaker today is uh, one of my dearest friends for many, many years. We're trying to figure out this morning, probably around 25 years. Um, Willie Alfonso uh, just retired last year from 28 years as the New York Yankees chaplain. And um, he also spent 22 years as the chaplain for the Brooklyn Nets. Of course, they could have really used him this month. They're a mess. They need prayer. Uh, and anyway, um, what a mess the Nets are. But anyway... Uh, and he also was an assistant chaplain for the New York Giants for a number of years, kind of prior to getting his own gig with the Yankees and the Nets. And he's done a lot of other interesting things and is still doing some very interesting things now uh, in a new season of his life, serving as chaplain of the uh, athletic department at Alliance University, uh, uh, director of Teen Challenge here in New, in, in New Jersey as well. Uh, Will is just a great guy. He's been here at TLCC a number of times. Uh, our, our, our folks uh, always are excited to know when he's coming. Um, he's the kind of friend who will do something like for our 25th uh, pastoral anniversary, he gave me a beautiful, rare and treasured uh, glove signed by Mariano Rivera in a certain way that makes it a, uh, I can't think of what the, uh, quite an interesting piece of sports, sports memorabilia. He's the kind of guy to do that kind of thing. But then uh, he's the kind of guy, more importantly, who probably as much or more than any friend I have in my life has called me repeatedly many, many, many times over the years to say I'm praying for you and particularly even more than that, I'm praying for your family. And you know, that's that's very meaningful. And I'm very grateful to him. You're going to enjoy his very inspirational talk this morning, but uh, we're going to introduce him by telling a little bit of the story through a video that was produced by a ministry to men for whom Willie speaks all over everywhere, just telling a little bit of the Willie Alfonso story. Enjoy. God just opened up this door for me to become the assistant chaplain to the New York Yankees. I started meeting guys like Derek Jeter, Paul O'Neill, Mariano Rivera, and all these great ball players. All those years that I was in the street, I was smoking pot, I was doing heroin. On my best day, I couldn't put that together. It was God. My dad, no, just an extremely abusive man. He beat my mom almost every day. Beat us almost every day. From the moment I could remember something, the first thing I remember is him, you know, abusing my mother. I could go back maybe when I was three, four years old, have memories of my father taking an ax and tearing up the house. Every time I would see him, I'd kind of hide in the corner. I would go to the closet or I would go under the bed. And I would always say to myself, one day I'm going to grow up and I'm going to man up. And I'm going to take care of this dude. My father had come in uh, from the outside. He was drunk. And he asked my mother for something. She answered him back. She didn't like the way he answered her. And I'm just watching this go down. And I determined in my mind that if he hits her, this is the day I'm gonna man up. He picked up this broomstick to hit her, 
and I rolled up on him. And I hit him, and he fell. He got up, and he ran out. That was the best day of my life. I said, finally, this man is gone. We could have some peace. And so a day went by, and two days went by, and I'm like really feeling good, man, you know? On the third day, my, my mother said to me, listen, we got a little problem here. Your father is coming back home, okay? Under one condition, you gotta go. I remember staying out in the street that night, several nights. If you have to eat out of a garbage can, that's what you do. You know, if you have to go into that abandoned building, that's what you do. There was an old saying when I was growing up, only the strong survives. That's the way it was. Now I'm in my 20s, you know, so a friend of mine got me a job. They had a print shop, it paid more. I was working there. I was smoking pot, I was sniffing cocaine and doing heroin, but I would get clean. I promised my wife never again, you know, back and forth, back and forth. Then one day, they hired a new supervisor. And he came up to me, he said, my name is Otto Lang. He stuck out his hand and he said, I want to tell you something. He had my hand and he held it a little too tight. I didn't like it. He said, I want to tell you that Jesus loves you. They don't come to me with that Jesus junk, man. So if you want to have a friendship with me, you keep that Jesus junk to yourself. But this dude would come every single morning with that Jesus stuff, man. I really gotten really bad with drugs. And my wife was going to leave me. And I called him up. I said, Otto, this is Willie. He says, I know, man. I told him the situation. He said, why don't you come to church? And I made a deal with God. If you are who you say you are, and you could do what people tell me you could do, if you could get this habit off my back and my wife doesn't leave me, nobody will ever serve you like me. I felt like this thing had lifted off me. This is almost 40 years ago. I have never taken drugs since then. So I said to her, well, <laughs> why are you calling me, man? You know, I couldn't care less. I hope he dropped dead. I hung up the phone. Maybe five, 10 minutes later, I just really feel this prompting from God telling me, go to the hospital to see him. I told God, I ain't going nowhere. I ate out of garbage cans because of this dude. I lived in abandoned buildings and woke up in the morning because rats were biting my feet. And this is the dude you want me to go have some pity for? You must be out of your mind. Long story short, you know I went. We get upstairs, walk in the room, and here's the dude that beat the crap out of me. And I say to him, you know, um, all this junk just happened, man. Why don't we just put it behind us, you know, and I forgive you, man, for what you've done. But the issue here is that you need to get right with God. 
I said a prayer, and he fell back into a coma. And I said to him, if, if you want to receive Christ, move your hand, move your head, move something so I know that. And he moved his hand, stayed in the coma. That night, he died. I never felt like I couldn't get to where God wanted me to get to. Like there was something just blocking it. I couldn't figure it out. You know, where do you go in neutral? Nowhere. I almost felt like God had put his hand on my hand and popped it in the verse. Once I forgave her. See, because forgiveness is really not for that person. It's for you. I love the word of God. I think there's an 18-inch difference between what you believe here and you transfer it here to your heart. I read the word of God just about every day. You know, Psalms 119 says, Thy word I have hidden in your heart. So I mean, I sin against God. I can't tell you how many times I read my Bible in the morning, went outside, and that day ran into a struggle. And that verse I read bailed me out. See, this, this word pastor, reverend, chaplain, it don't mean a darn thing. Don't help me none. I had a guy cut me off not so long ago. I chased this dude down to the red light. I can't tell you what I was thinking. I wasn't chasing him to get him saved. And when I caught up to him, I told him, roll your window down, my man. See, but then I love how the truth of God comes here. The Bible says, at the moment of temptation, God will always give you the way of escape. And you know, God says, yo, stupid, what are you doing, man? You're about to bang this up. And make it my business to stay in the Word of God. Now, also make it my business to hear God speak to me when he speaks to me and respond right then. So my father may have never told me he loved me, but my heavenly father tells me every single day, Willie, you're special. And I love you. I have something special for you to do that only you could do. So I started ministering to young men through sports in the middle of the projects. And within a couple of years, we had over 200 boys in our program, we sent around 20 boys to Bible college. And we saw hundreds of young men come to the Lord, man. And now I'm doing chapel with this guy, Mariano Rivera, the greatest relief pitcher ever in the history of baseball. We, for 18 years, did a one-on-one -on -one Bible study in his house. He is my brother, he is my friend. In my darkest days, he's been there with me. In his darkest days, I've been there with him, man. We love each other and care for each other deeply. But that's God. I have absolutely no schooling in how to work with athletes. I have no schooling on how to deal with millionaires. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, you acknowledge him, and he will direct your path, man. You know, my father used to call me, he said, when son? You know, he used to tell me, you never amount to nothing. God tells me I'm special. And I'm using what the enemy meant for evil. I'm using now, man, to glorify God for good. Amen, 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 amen. Good morning, good morning. Come on, good morning. I want to hear you. I drove a long way to get here. <laughs> I am ecstatic to be here, especially one of my dearest friends in the world, Pastor Terry Smith, which when we got this little thing going, you know, because 
when I come here, I got to make sure I'm clean. Because the brother stays clean, you know. He's tough competition. I can't compete with him, though, man. He got one. Hook a brother up, Terry. Come on, man. <laughs> now, I, I, I love coming here. I love Terry Smith, his beautiful wife, his children, his family. They've been dear friends to me, my wife, and my kids for over 25 years. I so appreciate him. I want to tell you, I, I, I travel all over this country. I go to a lot of churches, you know, and I meet a lot of people. But you, ha- you guys probably really don't understand or don't know how God has blessed you with this pastor. This, this guy here, his, his theology is solid. It's solid, man. People pay a whole lot of money to learn what he teaches, and you guys get it free. Man, Lord have mercy. Oh, my man. Let me, uh, let me start with a, with a verse in Ezekiel 46, verse 9, and it says, At the time of the feast, those who come into the north gate are to go out the south gate. Those who come into the south gate are to go out the north gate. No one is to return to the gate he entered, but each is to go out the opposite gate. Right? Now, you're probably wondering, what in the world does that mean? I woke up this morning, early in the morning, took my shower, brushed my teeth, because as you can see, brother's clean. All right, brother's clean. And so, you know, I, I go to my dining room table, I sit down, I get me a cup of Butelo because the brother's Puerto Rican, you know? So we got to have Butelo coffee, right? And so, Ricans, right, we, we know that, right? We know that, right? We know that. We don't drink Butelo or Caribe, nothing else, all right? And then I, you know, I, I, I do my reading, all right? And I came all the way down here. You guys did similar. You woke up. Took a shower, brushed your teeth, got your coffee, got ready to go here, right? And now, God's desire is that you came in one way, but his desire is that you leave different. That you don't, you don't come, that you don't leave the same way you came. It makes no sense to come to church and leave the same way you come in. You might as well have stayed home. Not that I'm advocating you stay home, right? And for those of you that are watching on, come to church, all right? See, I'm going to say what I feel like it. You know why? Because I'm not the pastor here. <laughs> if you don't like what I'm saying, I don't care. I'm leaving. I, <laughs> nah, I do care. I do care. I do care. You saw the film. You know, I, I grew up, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Puerto Rican from Brooklyn. I'm a, from Brooklyn, Bethel Stuyvesant, Williamsburg. Grew up in the projects. Grew up with a father that was probably one of the most evilest person you could ever meet. Uh, uh, alcoholic, used to beat the crap out of my mom every single day, used to beat us every day. And again, at the age of 11, I said, I've had enough. So I went to defend my mother, and then he left. And three days later, my mother said, we got a little issue here, and the issue is your father's coming back, but you got to go. So I'm 11 years old, and I'm homeless, and I'm living in cardboard boxes, I'm living in abandoned buildings. I'm waking up because rats are biting my feet. I'm sniffing glue. I'm sniffing Cabona. I'm drinking cheap wine, Boone Farm, apple wine. I bet a couple of people say, ooh, you all been drinking that wine, huh? <laughs> uh, you know, it's snorting cocaine, skip popping, mainline, and next you know, I'm a heroin addict. You know, I'm married now. I'm clean. 
get dirty, I'm clean, get dirty. And one day I got a job in a print shop, 65 employees, all black and Hispanic. And one day they hired this guy called Otto Lang, a blonde hair, blue eye, white boy. I said, man, I'm going to eat this boy up. You got the nerve to bring a white boy in here? You must be out of your mind. Well, Otto Lang came up to me. The first thing he did was he came up to me. He said, I want to tell you my name is Otto Lang. Shook my hand. I didn't like the way he shook my hand because he held it a little too tight. He said, I want to tell you that Jesus loves you. I said, oh, shoot. We got ourselves a Jesus freak here. Right? Hold <laughs> well, my hand. He opened up the Bible, and he read me a verse. I said, but every single morning, this man will come, shake my hand, tell me Jesus loves me, and read me a verse. You know, it's kind of cute in the beginning. got kind of chuckled and laughed. After a while, it gets tiring. I said, this boy, I'm going to hook him up, man. I took his Bible to the glue machine, and I glued his Bible. I said, this boy ain't going to open no Bible this morning and read me no verse. He saw his Bible. He took it to the cutter. He cut the glue, cut the glue, cut the glue, come up to me, told me Jesus loved me, opened up the Bible. Read me a verse. Make a long story short, um, I was strung out. I called him up. He invited me to church. And I sat all the way in the back. I heard what the preacher had to say. And I made this deal with God. I said, God, Jesus, whatever your name is, personally, I think you're a hustle. But I ain't got nothing to lose. I'm strung out. Lose my family. If you could do what people tell me you could do and you could help me get this habit off my back, absolutely no one will ever serve you like me. And I tell you right now, in my opinion, nobody serves God like me. Well, you kinda, that's kind of a little arrogant. It is. It is. And I went on this journey with God. Never regretted it. It will be 47 years the week before Easter this year, that I'm walking with the Lord. I've never, I have never, I have never relapsed one time. I had some great mentors that taught me how to be a man of God, taught me how to be a man, taught me how to take responsibilities for my action, right? Uh, but I had, I had a couple of problems. The problem was that I didn't know how to read, I didn't know how to write, I never went to school. I was 26 years old, don't know how to read, don't know how to write. A retired teacher, Angelica Valentin, una portojiqueña, she tutored me for three years, taught me how to read and write. I would go to a house and I would read see Sally Run. I was 26 years old. It was humiliating. She used to say, hey. Look at it like you have this big tree in front of you, you have a little axe, just keep chopping away. One day you're going to get through. I took the GD test six times. They knew me up in there. I would show up, oh, Mr. Alfonso, you're back. Yeah, I'm back. What are you, a bunch of haters? Yeah, I'm back. What do you think? We'll pass this bad boy. Right? I finally passed it by two points. And I tell you, you know what's the great thing about that? It's like when the Yankees beat the Mets by two. Any Met fans? Dear Lord, take that demon. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I learned some things. From there, I did some theological studies and got some degrees. And here I am some 46 years later. 
Hallelujah. But I learned some things. I want to make three points this morning. The things that got me through life. Number one, never rest in the middle. Only at the end. Never rest in the middle of accomplishing something. Never rest in the middle. Rest when you finish. That's when you rest. I didn't rest taking that GD test. I took it one time. I took it two times. I took it three times. I took it four times. I took it five times. You know why? Because I was not resting in the middle, man. I was going to rest when I passed that bad boy. Then I could rest. And then I rested for a little bit. And I said, well, you know what? I'm going to go get some theological studies from Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. And I kept going. And I kept going. And I kept going. And I kept going. Why? Because you never rest in the middle you rest at the end. 28 years with the Yankees. Can you imagine? I've been with the Yankees longer than anybody else. Don't get paid by the Yankees because I'm a missionary I, with athletes in action. This church here has been supporting me for over 20 years. Has to be over 20 years. I want to say thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for for supporting me in your prayers. I need your prayers. And thank you for your financial support. It allows me to do what I do. It allows me to do what I do. 28 years. You know, I, I did a Bible study with Mariano. I said 18 years, but it wasn't 18 years. It was 15 years. I used to, imagine, I used to live in a cardboard box. I'm going to a $12 million mansion. God has this great sense of humor, right? And I'm doing a Bible study with the greatest relief pitcher ever in the history of baseball. Me, I'm doing a Bible study. I'm his Bible teacher. I'm his pastor. One day after five years, I said, hey, Mo, say thank you, Jesus. We call him Mo. Mo, he said, why? Brother, just say it. Why? Brother, just say thank you, Jesus, man. He said, okay, thank you, Jesus. Why? Thank you, Jesus. I don't get high no more. I would have robbed you blind, brother. I said, I'll tell you right now. You got some good stuff up in here, man. There ain't nothing here cheap. I would have backed up the truck. Doot, 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 man. I would have taken everything from you, my man. You better say thank you, Jesus. <laughs> what a sense of humor God has to put me in that position. You know why? Because I'm special created by God to do something special that only I could do. On the contrary, you're special, very special, created by God to do something special for God that only you could do. Are you doing it? See, when I, when I got saved, I didn't know how to read, so I started teaching elementary Sunday school. My wife would read, and I was the clown. You know? And from there, Taught junior high school. From junior high school, was an usher. From an usher, did high school. Then college career. I was always involved in my church. Always. Whenever the doors were open, I was there. You know why? Because I was too stupid to try to make it on my own. I had messing it up down packed to an art. I needed to get some godly things in me. I wanted to be the husband that God wanted to be. My wife and I, March 4th, are going to celebrate 51 years married. Huh? I want to tell you right now, I'll tell you right now, 
I would not stay with me 51 years. Okay? When we get to heaven, my wife's going to live in the mansion. I'm going to live in the projects. You know? You're going to put me in apartment 5D somewhere in the projects, you know? And she put up with me for 51 years? That's crazy. That's nuts. I was always involved in the things of God in my church. And because I was always involved in things of God, I never rested in the middle when I was serving God in my church. Are you serving God in your church? Hey, got quiet. Like I said, I don't care if you get mad at me. I'm going home. But it's true. If you want to get to where God wants you to get to, you got to serve the Lord. And if this is your church, you need to get off your backside and start serving God. Why? Why have I done this? It's got this perfect verse that will tell you why I do what I do. It's in Acts 20, 24. It says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to be, to me, my only, my only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying of the good news of God's grace. Hallelujah. There are people lost out here. You got family members that are lost. You got friends that are lost. And God is calling on you, right? Because had Otto not stepped out, I may not be where I am. You never, ever, ever rest in the middle, only at the end. Point two, in the worst of times, you make the best of times. In the worst of times, you make the best of time. I have learned no matter how bad things are going, I will make the best of it, and it will help me grow in what God has for me. Setbacks are only setups for comeback. Setbacks, you know, Coach Byron Scott said it all the time in the locker room when we lost the game. Setbacks are only set up for comebacks. In the worst of times, you make the best of times. You know, I have a, I have a, I walk with a limp because I had a knee replacement some seven years ago. It didn't work. And so I have what's called chronic pain syndrome. So I'm in pain 24-7. So they installed a computer chip in my main nerve. I got a battery pack here, and through my phone, I could control the stimulation and bring down the pain, okay? But I could stop this pain right now, this second. All I have to do is buy me an Oxy. Pain is gone, but a new pain gives birth because I'm an ex-junkie. And I'm going to wake up that thing in my brain that wants the drugs. And now I've taken care of this pain, but I created a brand new pain, a worse pain, a pain that could rob me of what God has given me, a pain that I could give my wife and my children and my grandchildren, a pain that I could give all the young people I've worked with and all the athletes, a pain that your pastor cannot invite me here to speak because I'm out there getting high. So I got to choose which pain. I choose this pain because I'm not bringing death into my home. Not going to do that. Not going to do it, right? In the worst of times, you make the best of times. Here in 
1 Corinthians 15, 58. It says, therefore, my dear brother and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself freely to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Are you guys serving God? You cannot get to where God wants you to get to unless you're serving God. He says, whom I could trust with the little things, I'll trust with the greater things. Hallelujah. I started doing basketball leagues in the most dangerous projects in New York City. We used to take guns off guys before they used to play. Did it for over six, seven years. And God said, All right, let me move you on to pro staff. Now I just left, I just left pro staff. Now people think I'm crazy that I left the Yankees. You got to be out of your mind to leave the Yankees. No, it's not mine. It belongs to God. My time was up. Time to move on. So I said to the Lord, Lord, if you really want to move on, show me. Show me you want me to move on. And then next thing you know, I'm in a conference, and they sit me next to the new president of Alliance University. He tells me, tell me your story. I told him, he said, listen, you, come, you should come work with us. Hello. So I went from pro staff to college staff. Some people said, but isn't, don't people go from college staff to pro staff, you're going the opposite way. I'm going where God directs me. I'm too old to mess it up. The most dangerous place to be in life is out of God's will. Let me give you the third one. Every circumstance, every struggle, every setback will bring you closer to the person that God wants you to be. I'm going to read that again. Every circumstance, every struggle, every setback will bring you closer to the person God wants you to be. Everybody wants to get to the mountaintop, but no one wants to start in the valley. Let me say this to you. The greatest lessons I've ever learned was in the valley. Don't duck the valley. Don't duck it. Don't duck it. There's integrity in the valley. There's holiness in the valley. There are things that God wants to put in you in the valley. Don't duck the valley. Don't duck the valley. Don't duck it. Here in Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, not in some of your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge him. He's going to direct your path. Are you allowing God to direct your path? You know, a lot of people want to get into this uh, ministry of sports because they want influence. They don't want to serve, pastor. They want influence. But influence without character makes you a con artist. Okay? Influence without character makes you a con artist, man. I don't want to be no con artist. You got some guys out there preaching a crazy Jesus that we don't know because what they want is influence. And they're con artists. No, we trust in the Lord with all our heart, and we don't lean on our own understanding. In all our ways, we acknowledge him. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah before I scream. Right. You know, I'm a Pentecostal brother, man. 
You know, I got to hear hallelujah now and then, man. I got to hear an amen now and then, man. You know, it keeps me going, man. Come on, y'all got it in you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, I, I used to love to do chapel with the giants. I used to love. You got those big black brothers, man. You start preaching and start, oh, that's right. Hallelujah. Praise God. Woo. Let's go. Right? Loved it. Loved it, man. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. You know, I got a little Pentecostal in me. Get for my Pentecostal friends. You know. Hallelujah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your path. Remember, never, 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 ever, ever rest in the middle. Rest only at the end. In the worst of times, you make the best of times. Every circumstance, every struggle, every setback will draw you closer to the person God wants you to be. Martin Luther King said, and if you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep it moving. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Keep it moving to the cross. Keep it moving to Christ. <coughs> keep it moving to the place that God has for you because you're special, created by God to do something special for God that only you could do. No one else could do it. This assignment was assigned to me from the day I was birthed, when I was homeless, eating out of garbage cans, eating waiting for people to drop their cross from their pizza to eat. God knew he had a plan for me. I just had to get with his program. Amen. And so I say to you this morning, I appeal to you this morning, get with God's program. Stop your sitting in church. Just don't be a hearer of God's word, but a doer of God's word. Everyone in this room should be involved in some kind of way, not only to serve this church, but to get you going to where God wants to put you. You're never going to find out what it is until you get with his program. Hallelujah. Right? You got to get with God's program. Come on, man. There's some things happening here that God wants to do. God said that I was special and I believed it. And here I am. Hallelujah. You are also special. Also special. And one of the things that I love about this church amongst so many things is that it's so diverse. Huh. This is what heaven looks like. <laughs> this is what heaven looks like. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm done. Are you? Are you done? Or are you going to walk out the same way you walked in? Or are you going to walk out different? And say to yourself, as of today, I'm going to get with God's program. I'm going to call the church this week, and I'm going to say, where can I serve? Where can I serve? I, what do I know about speaking to a guy that makes $48 million a year? Nothing. Listen, if you gave me $48 million, I would have a heart attack and die. My wife would enjoy it. And my kids, I'll be dead. Okay? But yet God says that when you are before kings, he will give you the words to say. Right? 
I'm, 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 I'm in a room with the greatest relief pitcher in the world. Alonzo, Alonzo Mourning, one of the greatest power forwards ever to play the game. I led him to the Lord. And after I led him to the Lord, when he went back to the Miami Heat, he flew in my wife to be there the day they won the championship. When did I think that would ever happen? And then he wrote a book that sold over a million copies. Chapter 10 is all about our friendship. Where my craziest dream did I think that would happen? Then he made it to the Hall of Fame. <clears throat> and in his exception speech, he's given his exception speech. He said, Pastor Willie, stand up in front of the cameras all over the world with the commissioner and Michael Jordan. Everyone there, he said, Pastor Willie, stand up. He said, you see that man? That man led me to Jesus. Where in my wildest imagination when I was sleeping in a cardboard box. But God, and what God had done for me, he has for you. What God has done for me, he has for you. You got to get with his program. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you, Father, for your goodness. <coughs> thank you for your kindness, Lord. And I lift up everyone that's here right now. And I pray that this message will penetrate into their hearts and their mind and their spirit. And they will do something phenomenal for you, Lord God. Because it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with you. In Jesus' name, amen.